Hello, I'm Chris Neeland, host of a new podcast, Cult Brand Secrets, brought to you by The Gathering and Evergreen Podcasts. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit and a masterclass for brand and business leaders looking to reap the benefits of cult-like adoration. Each year, The Gathering brings together disruptors from around the globe to learn from and to celebrate the leaders behind iconic brands like Marvel, Skittles, Beats by Dre, Yeti, and the Dallas Cowboys. For the first time ever, this podcast will give you access to some of the exclusive business leader learnings from the gathering's past events. You know, how do you even begin to comprehend the vastness of Amazon? Aside from being the poster child of the dot-com era for the past 25 years, its business is massive and has become one of the world's most powerful companies. You know, as my team and I began to evaluate them as one of North America's top cult brands, we were challenged to know which parts of the business that we should focus our efforts on. Of course, there's the retail side that we've all shopped, and that includes a host of innovative best practices around improving online conversion rates or their recommendation engines and things like one click to pay. But they also have Amazon Prime, which started as a loyalty program and has now morphed into this membership platform and even a streaming service that's giving Netflix and Disney a run for their money. They also have these extremely robust B2B offerings, such as Amazon Marketplace with millions of small businesses. They have AWS, which powers many B2B back offices, and an emerging delivery business that is helping Amazon wean off of traditional parcel carriers. They even have this multi-billion dollar advertising platform. You take all of that and then you consider Alexa and their advancement in artificial intelligence and voice activation or their Kindle e-reader and then things like their acquisition of Whole Foods, which is clearly a cult brand in the grocery space. They have all these experimental things like their cashless store in Seattle and of course their space travel programs that we hear Jeff Bezos doing things with. It's all this to say that evaluating Amazon is an extremely daunting task. And all the while, their impact just keeps growing globally. You know, they were the first business to be valued over a trillion dollars. And then during the pandemic, they not only kept North Americans with their economy running by delivering all of our vital goods, but they added hundreds of thousands of jobs, making them one of the largest employers on the planet. And their efforts to become an employer of choice with preferential pay and world-class benefits are being well-documented. I think that Tamir does just a masterful job giving us insight into how a company of this size thinks and operates. So have a listen and see if you don't come away with newfound respect for how Amazon's commitment to customer obsession has been the chief cause of their unprecedented success. Hi, my name is Tamir Barheim. I'm the Director and Head of International Expansion at Amazon Advertising. 
It's an honor for Amazon to be selected here as a 2021 brand honoree, and I'm really proud to share this virtual stage with so many incredible, iconic brands. Just a little bit about myself. I actually joined Amazon just over eight years ago, initially based in Seattle in our corporate headquarters. There, I was focused on launching a new fine art business and leading business development for our fashion categories across North America. For the last six years, I've been back home in Canada and focused on our advertising business. Our ads business helps us pair brands with customers in ways that add value to their shopping and entertainment experiences on Amazon, but also across the web, on apps, and even in the home. My team is specifically responsible for driving the international expansion of our advertising business into new countries or regions. Now, in the eight years that I've been at Amazon, a few things have changed. When I started, the company had just 30,000 employees. Today, we're up over 1.2 million employees, including 23,000 local full-time employees here in Canada across our two tech hubs and our operations network. I'm talking to you today from Toronto, one of our corporate tech hubs, where we have 1,600 full-time employees working across a number of different businesses, ranging from advertising to AWS to Alexa and much more. Toronto has a lot to offer. We are home to the 2019 NBA champion Toronto Raptors, who I hope will be back home playing again here soon. And our residents speak more than 180 different languages and dialects. We have the largest underground city in the world to keep us warm in the wintertime. And perhaps most importantly, Toronto is one of the fastest growing tech hubs in North America. If you're anything like me, the last year or so has been pretty hard. We can all commiserate about how our own best laid business plans can just go right out the window, but it's probably more productive to instead anchor our chat around our customers and how their world has changed over the past year. Simply put, when customers need things like paper towels, cleaning supplies, and food, they don't really have patience for explanations on why this isn't possible. They just want us to figure it out, and fast. I'll give you one example from my own family. Just about a year ago, we were getting set to finish a renovation in our house, and we found out that the first lockdown in Toronto was gonna to happen within 24 hours. The problem was, at that time, our driveway was just a mud and ice pit. It was a disaster, basically unusable. And our landscaper realized that this was gonna be a problem and somehow managed to get 15 people to rush to our house and within 24 hours finish a job that easily should have taken a week. When companies can respond quickly and delight customers in times of incredible stress, they're able to earn that long-term loyalty and trust. In other words, businesses need to have the agility to embrace these kinds of fast-moving trends so that they can stay ahead of whatever change is gonna come down the road. If you fight these changes, you fight the future, but if you embrace them, you can have a tailwind at your back. So throughout the pandemic, we've been focused at Amazon on going above and beyond to earn and maintain the trust of our customers, to protect our employees, and to give back to our communities. We spent over $10 billion in 2020 on COVID-related initiatives to keep our employees safe and get products in the hands of our customers. We've made over 150 different process updates from enhanced cleaning and social distancing measures to new efforts like disinfectant spray. We've distributed personal protective gear like masks and implemented disinfectant spraying and temperature checks across our operations network. And in Canada alone, we've donated millions of dollars to causes that support right now needs like homelessness, hunger, and disaster relief. So why is Amazon here? What's the secret sauce? What makes Amazon a fit here next to so many iconic brands? And the reality is that the answer is quite simple, but also uh, more difficult to replicate or emulate. 
There are many different ways to center and focus a business. A company can be product focused, technology focused, business model focused. From our experience, the most sustainable and effective model isn't any of these though. For us, it's an obsessive focus on the customer. Amazon's mission is to be Earth's most customer-centric company, and we're relentless in our pursuit of earning and keeping customer trust. It's in our DNA. And so we start with the customer and work backwards from there in everything that we do, and it's been that way for 25 years. We call this customer obsession. So how often do you hear someone say internally, what are our competitors doing? You know, what can we learn from them? It's a good question to ask and it, it comes from a good place, but it's fundamentally the wrong question to ask. And I say that because it's very, very difficult to be both competitor obsessed and customer obsessed. You have to pick a lane. And I say that because when you're competitor obsessed, every once in a while, you just nail that right product or service. You jump out in front and you take a look behind you and realize that you're ahead. And so you pat yourself on the back a little bit and you take a deep breath and you relax. And as soon as you relax, somebody else jumps right out in front of you. But when you're customer focused, you never have that opportunity to take that breath. And I say that because we believe that customers are beautifully, wonderfully dissatisfied, even when they tell us that they're happy. And that's because customers always want us to continue to innovate and push and invent on their behalf. For example, no customer ever told us that they wanted a Prime program, but once we built one, it was clear that that is what they want. And we have many different examples from the history of Amazon that we could point to. It's really critical for brand marketers to understand the why behind customer behavior. You need to be able to better anticipate and act on behalf of your customer needs. And so with that, I wanna give you an example just dating back to the very early days of Amazon on how this notion of customer obsession has manifested itself in Amazon. So many years ago, we decided that we wanted to open up Amazon to third-party sellers. Effectively, we wanted to take our most valuable real estate, our product pages, and allow third-party sellers to compete for a sale with us at our point of sale with our own retail teams. We've tried this twice and failed. We launched auctions and then Z shops. But around 20 years ago, we landed on a model that we know today as Marketplace. In the first year, our Marketplace drove 5% of sales on Amazon. But fast forward to today, and our Marketplace drives over 50% of unit sales on Amazon. Having a Marketplace enables us to vastly increase the amount of products available in our store for customers. And when it comes to best-selling products, every once in a while we get it wrong and we don't have enough products in stock. And our Marketplace helps ensure that customers can continue to come back to Amazon and get that product that they're looking for. We've also learned that the Marketplace is pretty effective in helping us build a stronger community. For example, in Canada alone, we have over 30,000 small and mid-sized businesses from across all 13 provinces and territories that are selling today on Amazon. On Amazon.ca alone in 2019, these sellers drove over a billion dollars in sales and over $2 billion on our global Amazon websites. So if you're convinced that customer obsession is the right thing for your business and you wanna follow suit, you wanna lean into this, well, how do you actually go about doing this? How do you build a more customer obsessed business? Well, over the past year, we worked very closely with a company called Enveronics Research to uncover insights around Canadian consumers. And the objective really is to help you as marketers today understand that why behind recent consumer trends to get a better sense of how you can grow your brand and make strategic decisions that are firmly rooted in those insights. Enveronics Research has been around for more than 30 years and values are something that they've determined represent a person's mental posture. 
They're formed through a range of different experiences and external influences. Our relationships with our families, our educations, our life experiences, they all contribute to a worldview that remains really relatively constant throughout our lifetime. Two customers might be demographically almost identical, but they can hold fundamentally different mental postures. And this makes values actually more predictive than things like demographics when it comes to understanding true underlying consumer needs. Through qualitative and quantitative research, we've uncovered four needs that are shaping consumer behavior today. Customers want to align themselves with brands with purpose. They wanna have experiences that are curated for them. They wanna be delighted with convenient solutions and they want to make purchase decisions with confidence. Next, I'm gonna walk you through each of these needs. We'll explore the values that drive them, and we'll share some examples both from Amazon as well as other brands we think are doing these really well today. And so to start, I wanna look at purpose. Companies that lead with purpose can achieve that through continued loyalty, consistency, and relevancy in the lives of customers. Purpose isn't just a buzzword. It actually has meaningful impact to your business. Purpose-driven companies witness increased sales and they actually grow on average three times faster than their peers while actually driving stronger satisfaction with their own employees and their customers. At Amazon, we take purpose very seriously. We're committed to using our size and our scale to make a difference. And that's why we've co-founded the Climate Pledge, becoming the first signatory and setting a goal to meet the Paris Agreement 10 years early and become net zero carbon by 2040. Climate change is a serious problem. It requires urgent action from us today, and the pandemic only makes this more significant. I'll tell you a little bit about some of the progress we've made so far to date. Amazon has made major investments in renewables. We are on a path to reach 100% renewable energy by 2025, five years ahead of our target. We have 187 solar and wind projects worldwide, and Amazon is the largest corporate buyer of renewable energy. In our research with Enveronics, we saw three main causes that stand out on issues that customers care about. The first one is the environment, protecting the environment and future generations from the impacts of climate change. The second one is human rights, and specifically advocating for equality and social justice. The third one is health and safety. These are just a few examples. But remember, it's important not only to focus on one or a combination of these causes, but you want to align to a cause that is authentic to your brand and your organization and really take long-term action. In 2019, Amazon ordered 100,000 custom electric delivery vehicles from Climate Pledge signatory and investor Rivian, the largest ever order of electric delivery vehicles to date. In June of last year, Amazon purchased the naming rights to the new home of NHL's Seattle Kraken and the WNBA Seattle Storm. Instead of naming the arena after Amazon, we decided to name it the Climate Pledge Arena. As a regular reminder of the importance of fighting climate change, the Climate Pledge Arena has a goal to be the first net zero carbon certified arena in the world. Since then, other global companies like Unilever, IBM, JetBlue, and Rubicon have joined us on our mission. In total, as of February of this year, 53 companies across 18 industries and 12 different countries have signed our climate pledge. So why is purpose important? Well, customers tell us that they're actually more likely to purchase products or services from brands whose values align with their own. 
and 88% believe that more brands should do their part in helping the world, especially during difficult times like these. Two thirds of customers tell us that they're more likely to purchase an item from a brand that's willing to take a stand on social issues. Interestingly, 55% say they're actually prepared to pay more for a brand if it stands for a social issue that they consider to be important. To recap on purpose, companies that lead with purpose can achieve continued loyalty, consistency, and relevance in the lives of their customers. To effectively activate purpose, you wanna be authentic, use insights to understand your customers' values and align that with your own brand and your own organizational purpose. Don't jump on the latest hot button issue, but make real long-term commitments. And most importantly, don't just talk the talk, drive meaningful action with measurable outcomes. Next, we're gonna talk about curation. According to McKinsey, brands can enhance customers' lives and increase engagement and loyalty by delivering messages that are tuned to and even anticipate what customers really want. Marketers have an opportunity to deliver curated products, messages, and experiences that can be tailored across moments, channels, and customer journeys. Let's start with the customer journey and look at how they shop. Today, we know that the journey is far from linear, but let's rewind the tape. Let's go back a couple of decades before e-commerce, before online search, and talk about how things have changed. So years ago, a customer would be exposed to a product for the first time, most likely on television. They would go to a store, find the product they're looking for, and pick it up. Based on what they saw in front of them, they had to make a decision. Do I buy the product or not? If they bought it, they would take it home, and whether they liked the product or they didn't like it, really, they could only get their word across through people that they know, word of mouth. Fast forward a little bit to today, and we know, of course, that uh, today, the consumer buying journey has evolved quite dramatically. It, it, it isn't linear at all. And what we know today is that a customer can discover a product for the first time, they can evaluate that product against alternatives. They can add it to a registry or a wish list. They can buy the product. They can subscribe to have that product at their home on a regular cadence. And then they can tell the world about it, all from the comfort of their couch. But even that journey that I just highlighted, it's going to continue evolving. It's far from perfect. And innovation is going to continue to remove friction for customers along that journey. For example, who among us would have thought just a few years ago that customers would be at home using a voice-forward smart speaker that allows them to listen to music using only a voice command, to control their smart home devices simply by asking to turn on the lights. Yet they could ask for information when their hands are busy in the kitchen. And yes, even shop for products without ever pressing a button. And so with this ever-evolving customer journey, it becomes that much more critical to solve that age-old marketing challenge of reaching the right customer at the right time with exactly the right message. One of the things that Amazon is most known for is this idea of a personalized shopping experience. Our recommendation engine, basically my homepage, my emails, my shopping experiences, they're all unique, they're all tailored to me. Amazon suggests products that it thinks I will like and most often they get it right. And while it appears very seamless and easy uh, for the customer behind the scenes, there's a lot of complexity, over 20 years of refinement along the way to get us to this point. And so what types of curated experiences have customers come to expect? Well, 72% tell us that they expect services to have all of their information when they interact with them. 
71% say that they love receiving personalized messages or discounts. And 50% say that they pay attention to content recommendations, including video or music. Let's look at a brand that does this really well, Nike. Nike's mission is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. And they believe that if you have a body, you are an athlete. Nike has developed a curated omni-channel shopping experience in a number of different ways. They cater to specific communities based on their interests, including developing apps like the Nike Run Club and the Nike Training Club. Nike has developed a membership program called Nike Plus that provides customers with exclusive access, personalized experiences, one-of-a-kind products, and advice from athletes and influencers. And finally, Nike also allows customers to design their own shoes using 3D sneaker customization platforms that allow customers to generate real-time, shareable snapshots of their own finished footwear. Now, I'm a stereotypical Canadian. I, I play hockey a couple times a week, and the last year has been pretty tough because the rinks here are all closed. And that is basically the only exercise that I get these days other than ch chasing my kids around the house. And so I've had to look for something else to do. And over the last year, I've taken up running really for the first time in my life. And I started because I joined my coworkers in a Nike run club. And this has actually been my main motivation. I talk to these people, I see them every day, and I can't let them beat me because I'll never hear the end of it. So for me, that is my own motivation, but you know, to each their own. Brands can enhance customers' lives and increase engagement and loyalty by delivering messages that are tuned to and even anticipate what the customer really wants. To activate on curation, you want to first identify customer needs and their insights and uncover their unmet needs and anticipate future needs as well. You want to recognize that there is no one-size-fits-all solution. Every customer journey is going to be different. Ensure you understand the full shopping journey. Where are your customers discovering? Where are they researching? And where are they purchasing their products or services? And then how do you bridge that gap between online and offline? And finally, meet your customers where they are. Deliver the right message at the right channel and at the right time. Next, we're gonna talk about convenience. When we talk about convenience as a consumer need, really what we're talking about is this notion of time. Time is the most valuable, non-renewable commodity that customers have. According to Deloitte, there are several different ways that consumers perceive convenience, whether it's saving them time with same-day delivery, easy access to more offerings, or meeting all of their needs in just one place. Regardless of what that offering is, people are looking for convenient solutions that simplify life and deliver overall a positive experience. At Amazon, we believe that convenience is one of our most important pillars. At the end of the day, regardless of the industry, the audience segment, the business, what people want, we believe, boils down to just three things, price, selection, and convenience. We focus on those three things because we believe that 25 years from now, customers are very unlikely to come back to us and tell us that they want higher prices, less products to choose from, and a more friction-filled shopping experience. And when it comes to that convenience pillar, really, this has been a big focus of us from an innovation and product development standpoint for a number of years. Amazon Prime is a really good example of this, where we invented on behalf of a clear customer pain point, the idea of paying for shipping. In 2005, we formed a team to solve the mental barrier of paying for shipping, which was not a very popular idea at the time with our own finance team. But we persisted, we launched a subscription service, and we launched free shipping and two-day delivery, and we waited. 
We planted a seed, we incubated it for six years, and we doubled down. From 2011 to 2014, we added video streaming to the Prime membership offering. And between 2015 and 2018, Prime expanded even more with Prime Day, Prime Now, Treasure Truck, and more. Over the years, Prime has not only expanded its selection of items, but it's also extended the value and convenience it brings to customers. And so 95% of customers agree that, quote, when a brand solves my problem in an efficient way, I am more likely to repurchase. Makes sense. Customers are looking for ways to make their lives easier. They had lived busy lives even before 2020 turned things upside down, and they're asking for brands to remove friction. They don't want hidden fees. They want easy to use apps. They want no hassle return policies. Customers want smarter recommendations. They want more payment options, faster delivery. Two thirds of customers say that they look forward to their favorite brand launching a special seasonal offering. We all know about the pumpkin spice latte craze that comes around every fall. Personally, I'm not a big pumpkin fan, but I do live a block away from a Swiss chalet and their festive specials are really big hit in my house. And so by making rituals easy and providing anticipation, brands are bringing a welcome interaction to customers' busy lives. In fact, 83% of customers say that they enjoy life's rituals, whether it's celebrating holidays or drinking that daily cup of coffee. And so let's take a look at a brand that delivers well on convenience. If you're like me, you likely have the Starbucks app on your phone. With new physical distancing environment in place, Starbucks evolved its app into a tool for customers. With the app, customers can minimize content. They can find their closest store. They can check operating hours. I don't need to tell the marketers in the room that Starbucks has done a great job of establishing itself as that third place for customers beyond their own home and their workplace. With customers not able to enjoy dining in store, Starbucks has tapped into their customers' need for community. They've strived to deliver a safe, familiar, and convenient experience. Customers can order ahead with the app. It saves them time and they can minimize physical interactions with employees and other customers. As a customer, you can pick up your order via in-store or even at a drive-thru. You can also get your product delivered to you through Uber Eats. In addition, Starbucks extended their rewards for new Starbucks Rewards members and those who paid with their registered Starbucks card in the app. They also extended new promotions to welcome customers back into the stores once it was safe to do so. So to recap on convenience, customers are looking for brands to provide convenient solutions that simplify life while delivering a positive experience. To activate on convenience, you wanna understand customer pain points. What are the problems that you can help solve for them and help simplify their lives? You wanna start with the customer and work backwards by delivering on ease, on simplicity, and on utility. Now lastly, we're gonna talk about confidence. Customers are researching products and services, and we know they rely on reviews to make purchase decisions with confidence. In our research with Enveronics, 87% of customers said that they're doing more research today than they did five years ago before making a purchase. This is actually up 11% from 76% in 2007. At Amazon, we like to think long-term. We're comfortable making trade-offs and uh, being misunderstood for long periods of time. And a good example of this comes back to the early days of Amazon uh, when we launched customer reviews. The idea that every product page on Amazon would have organic customer reviews doesn't seem particularly surprising. It's pretty benign. But if you go back in time, it actually was a controversial decision. Uh, one of our large vendors actually wrote to us at the time and said, 
you don't understand your business. You make money when you sell things. Why do you allow negative customer reviews? And our view was completely different. We don't view our core business as selling products or enterprise computing or advertising for that matter. Our core business is customer trust. And when you look at it from that lens, it starts to make more sense. In other words, we don't make money when we sell things, we make money when we help customers make purchase decisions. And there's a big difference there. If that customer read a review and decided that that book wasn't for them, that's a win for the customer and it's a win for Amazon. And so if you fast forward to today, customer reviews are a critical part of the Amazon experience. Every day, customers come to Amazon from around the world to write reviews. Customers can upload images, videos, answer each other's questions about a product. Uh, they can rate one another's reviews. Uh, customers use these reviews to inform their buying decisions both online but also offline as well. And as we know, customer feedback is always valuable, but sometimes it actually can spark something kind of fun, creative inspiration almost. Uh, I want to share a specific campaign that I really love from a company called Emerald Nuts that turned a seemingly simple Amazon review into their own company slogan. Check it out. On June 6th, 2016, a customer wrote a review for Emerald Nuts. It was the single best review for anything ever. It said, yes, good. Yes, good. The two most positive words ever. And there was only one way to do this review justice. Make it our company tagline for the rest of time. Yes, good. Yes, good. And we're going all in with yes, good mugs, tote bags, action figures, action movies. Billboards, French billboards, space billboards, and hats. So thanks, Guy, whoever you are, for writing the best sentence in the history of language. Emerald nuts. Yes, good. To recap on confidence, customers are researching products and services. They're relying heavily on reviews to make purchase decisions with confidence. So to activate confidence, you want to engage your customers, solicit them for feedback. You want to be transparent. Positive reviews are great, but you shouldn't hide the negative ones. Use them. It's a great opportunity to address real concerns your customers have and improve the experience for them. So we've covered four important pillars that we know are core to developing a customer-obsessed brand. But there is one more thing I do think we should talk about, and that's this notion of failure. When it comes to invention, when it comes to building brands that can innovate and delight customers, uh, failure is just an important part of that journey. Amazon takes pride in being uh, what we call the best company in the world to fail at. We've had plenty of practice along the way. Most people would agree that in order to invent, you have to experiment. And if you're going to experiment, by definition, you don't know the outcome ahead of time. And so while most large organizations will embrace this idea of innovation, they're not willing to suffer the string of failed experiments along the way that are necessary to getting there. And so every single important thing that we've ever done as a company has taken a lot of risk taking. It's taken perseverance and guts. And sometimes these things have worked out, but most of the time they actually haven't. And so as you might imagine, sharing, learning, uh, even applauding failure is really actually an important part of the culture at Amazon. And so let's look at a, a real example. You might be surprised to learn that over the years, Amazon has had a hotel booking website. We've had an auction capability. 
we actually had a business that would build e-commerce websites for companies, both big and small. Those bets didn't work out for us. But another bet that didn't work out for us was the Fire Phone. You may not have even ever heard of this because it was actually one of our biggest failures. We created a premium smartphone in 2014. It had several cameras, had 3D capabilities, and our CEO was the product manager on that launch. And it failed spectacularly. We wrote off a $170 million loss on this product. But the team that built the Fire Phone wasn't punished for placing a big bet. It's actually the opposite. They learned from their failures, and the work that they did in developing this phone actually created a number of new features and capabilities that worked their way into other great products in Amazon. One of those examples is the Amazon Echo. Just a couple of years after producing the biggest flop in Amazon's history, the very same team produced one of its biggest successes, our next multi-billion dollar business. The lesson here, of course, is that failure isn't something to be afraid of, as long as you pay attention to learnings and the lessons that it can deliver. In fact, we expect that as our business grows, our failures will actually need to continue to grow in scope as well. Otherwise, it's a telling sign for us that we're not innovating at the pace that's required to match our own business growth. And so in conclusion, as you start with your customer and as you work backwards from there, we've highlighted four key elements today that will help you stay grounded on what your customers really want. They want to align themselves with brands that have purpose. They want to have experiences that are curated for them. They want to be delighted with convenient solutions and they want to make purchase decisions with confidence. In order to activate purpose, you want to be authentic. You want to make long-term commitments and you want to drive action. To activate on curation, you want to identify customer needs, understand that customer journey and meet your customers wherever they are. To activate on convenience, you want to understand customer pain points and deliver on ease, on simplicity, and on utility. And finally, to activate on confidence, engage with your customers and be transparent. Thank you very much for your time today. I hope that the strategies that we've shared here today will help you grow your brands and help you build meaningful, even obsessive connections with your own customers along the way. Thank you. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. I love Tamir's examples of Amazon's mission to be the most customer-obsessed company in the world. You know, I think most outsiders would look at Amazon and think it's their focus on low prices or maybe their operational excellence or perhaps even their enviable relationship with Wall Street investors that was really the biggest contributors to their success. But in reality, it's Amazon's unnatural commitment to meeting exceptionally high customer expectations 
that makes this company so exceptional. I also love how Amazon tries to copy best practices of other cult brands when they see them doing great things. You know, to the untrained eye, there wouldn't seem to be many similarities between Amazon and Starbucks, except for maybe they're both based out of Seattle. But by observing how a coffee company is utilizing mobile technology, for example, or manages a wildly popular loyalty program, Amazon is able to cherry pick best practices and better rise up to the challenge of being as convenient and as beloved as Starbucks is. You know, any brand can increase consumer expectations. And once one brand has figured out how to do that at scale, customers will start to expect other brands to quickly follow. And that's actually one of my favorite things about The Gathering and why we're even publishing this podcast. You know, some of the greatest lessons that I have learned about running a B2B consulting service came from listening to cult brand leaders like Gatorade and Lego and the Los Angeles Lakers. If we only ever benchmark ourselves against our immediate competitors or with firms within adjacent categories, then we're rarely going to find the inspiration and the examples that we need to truly innovate. So please, keep listening, and more importantly, keep finding creative and courageous ways to apply everything that you're hearing. Until next time. Once again, this is your host, Chris Neeland, and you've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we explore the great speakers and insights shared at The Gathering, a Forbes top-rated business summit. Learn more about The Gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and review us on your podcast app. It really helps. Cult Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more about our podcasts at evergreenpodcast.com. Special thanks to Connor Standish and Laura Winter for their assistance in making this podcast possible. Also, I'd like to thank our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.